0: <تصفيق>
1: أشهد أن محمد رسول.
0: In alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shurur anfusina wa min sayi'ati a'malina Min yahdihillahu fala mudilla lah, wa min yudlil fala haadya lah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya ayyuhallazina amanu, takuullaha haqqa katihi walata mutun na illa wa tum Muslimun. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ وَاقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدٍ As we know, the blessed month of Ramadan is a matter of a few weeks away. This incredible opportunity is a number of weeks away. So we should reflect and ask ourselves internally, what are we doing as best we can to prepare for the month of Ramadan? Allah mentions in Surah Al-Mulk, al-sama Allah mentions that He created us. And Allah highlights three different blessings that He gave us that only He can give us. He gave us the ability to hear, the ability to see, and Allah gave us the intellect that we have. Allah gave us the ears that we have, the eyes that we have, and the heart and mind that we have. But how does Allah and the ayah, after he mentions these three things that we rely on on a daily basis, we cannot function comfortably without these incredible blessings from Allah himself. Allah mentions that very few people are grateful. Very few people express gratitude in connection with these blessings not to mention the other ones because if we can't express blessings for the faculties Allah has given us if we can't express gratitude as it relates to our hearing our vision our intellect if Allah himself is highlighting these three things aside from everything else that he's given us then are we truly expressing gratitude to him I highlight this concept specifically from now because when it comes to anything in this life, anything regarding dunya, we often give it its due as we should. If we have an exam coming up, we prepare for it as we should. If somebody wants to interview for, if they have a big interview coming up, they prepare for it in depth as they should. Their preparation reflects how much that thing truly means to them if they truly care about getting into that school or passing that exam or getting that job, they're not just going to prepare a little bit here and there haphazardly. They're not going to prepare randomly. They will have a set plan just for the preparation. And they're not going to prepare last minute if it truly matters to them. They're going to prepare well in advance. That's what we're supposed to do as it relates to preparing for anything of significance. So, if we're already doing that regarding a variety of things regarding this life, regarding dunya, which is what we're supposed to do anyways, الدنيا, we have to do our part. But what about the hereafter? What about the akhira? Sometimes we get it twisted. Sometimes we treat the finite like it's infinite and the infinite like it's finite. When it comes to something that, yes, it may very well significantly improve the situation for us. And by extension, our family members, those close to us, by preparing for that exam, trying to get into that school, get that job, etc. If we're willing to put in the time and effort because we're not just thinking about ourselves, but also those closest to us, as we should. Allah mentions that same concept in connection with the akhirah, in connection with the Hereafter. Allah mentions people not only themselves ending up in Jannah, but also their parents, also their offspring, the righteous from among them. So it becomes a family affair in all the best ways. So if we're willing to prepare as we should for something so much regarding the finite dunya, then how about the infinite akhirah? And Ramadan is a litmus test on an annual basis for you and I to take a step back and objectively and honestly think and reflect, how is my relationship with Allah? The easy response to that is to say, my relationship is good, I have nothing to worry about. If someone, if that's their knee-jerk reaction, and they don't even take a moment to truly think about it, that in and of itself is a red flag. That in and of itself is a warning sign. When it comes to our relationship with Allah, we're supposed to have a balance between a sense of hope as well as a sense of fear, both in healthy ways. Too much hope is unhealthy. Too much fear is unhealthy. The right amount of hope is going to inspire positive action and the right amount of fear, a healthy fear, a type of respect and awe for for the the, the power and might of Allah Azza wa is also supposed to inspire positive action but what's the what's the example that a great scholar from our history ibn al-qayyim may Allah have mercy on him he gave this incredible example the heart of the believer is like that is like a bird the the two wings are hope and fear the two wings are hope and fear they have to be balanced if you have too much of one without an equal amount of the other, you can't fly, you can't function properly. Nobody here would board an aircraft, nobody here would board an airplane if one wing was clearly far longer than the other or if it had only one wing in the first place. There has to be balance. But the head of that bird is love for Allah Azza wa Jal. That's supposed to be the ultimate motivator. That's supposed to be the ultimate inspiration. In connection with the blessed month of Ramadan, what does Allah mention at the end of the one ayah in the entire Qur'an that mentions Ramadan by name? شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ This is the ayah that I'm referring to. At the end of this ayah, Allah mentions three purposes of Ramadan. The first one, العدى, To complete the number of days. هداكم, and to exalt Allah because of that which he guided us to. And what's the third one? What's the capstone to this one ayah out of 6,000 plus verses in the Quran? This one ayah that mentions Ramadan by name. What's the capstone to it? tashkurun. And so you may be grateful. Unfortunately, the reality is, a lot of the time, even though Ramadan is supposed to be a month of gratitude, A lot of the time as Muslims, we end up complaining more than anyone else in the month of Ramadan. We go to this masjid, we go to that masjid. Oh, the temperature isn't exactly how I want it to be. The carpet is not exactly how I want it to be. We end up complaining about this, that, and the other as if Allah didn't explicitly, clearly say, this is supposed to be a month of gratitude. That gratitude, the seeds for that gratitude, they have to be planted from now. We don't just show up to Ramadan and then try to make this really sharp U-turn, make this hairpin turn, and then hope and pray everything is going to be okay. We have to have a plan. We, we all know the cliche saying, failing to plan is planning to fail. What is our plan from now for the month of Ramadan? Our scholars have given this incredible analogy regarding preparation for the month of Ramadan. They said that the month of Rajab is when the believer plants the seeds. The month of Sha'ban is when they focus on watering them. And then in the month of Ramadan, that's when they reap the harvest. There has to be a preparation in advance beforehand. Simply knowing that Ramadan is coming up, knowing that is not enough. We're supposed to be, as Muslims, as people, we're supposed to be positively transformed by the knowledge that we have. So if we know that Ramadan is coming up, okay, what is my action plan? How can I prepare appropriately for it from now in general and specifically in connection with the blessings Allah has given me? How am I preparing my ears for Ramadan? How am I preparing my eyes for Ramadan? How am I preparing my heart for Ramadan? It's no coincidence that in different places in the Quran, Allah mentions thinking, reflecting in connection with the heart. This is very interesting, especially living in the West. Oftentimes, the brain and the heart are two separate entities. But in more Eastern cultures and philosophies and, and understandings to life, there's a far deeper connection. Allah mentions in the Qur'an, Amlahum biha. In this ayah, Allah mentions regarding some people, may Allah protect us from being them and from being like them. Allah mentions, didn't they have ears? Did they not use them to listen? Did they not have eyes to see with? Did they not have hearts to think with? Did they not have hearts to reflect with? Simply knowing that Ramadan is this incredible opportunity is not enough. The information is not sufficient in and of itself if that knowledge, if that information is not put into practice, if it's not turned into action. No one is saying that we need to make 10,000 changes from now. No, but if we can take baby steps consciously and mindfully as it relates to preparing for the month of Ramadan, as it relates to preparing our hearts, our eyes, our ears for the month of Ramadan, that's what we're supposed to do. Let's take an objective step back and think and reflect, how is my relationship with the Qur'an? Not in a negative self-loathing way, I know it's difficult, let's leave that to the side. In a healthy manner, how am I doing in terms of my relationship with the book of Allah, with the Quran? And if someone thinks that my relationship is good, it's solid because I read X amount, and that's the only part of their answer that's not sufficient. It's not just about the reading, it's not just about the listening or the memorization or review. There's good within that, yes, but that's a bridge. What we're supposed to do is become better people as a result of that reading, that listening, that memorization, that review. Am I becoming more generous because of my relationship with the Qur'an? What is the primary way that our beloved Prophet himself... And he was already described by his friends, his companions, those around him, as the most generous of people. Even then, he had a special Ramadan level that he would elevate to, a special gear that he would shift into. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As a result of spending more time with Jibreel. As a result of spending even more time with the Quran, with his teacher, Jibreel alayhi as a result, what's the primary thing that happened? He became even more generous. What does Allah say in Surah Yasin, a Surah that many, if not all of us, are familiar with in some capacity? Allah mentions that there are some people, may Allah protect us from being like them when it's said to them. Give, spend something from what Allah has given you. What's interesting is when Allah mentions charity, zakah, throughout the Qur'an, Allah mentions it in principle. Allah mentions it as a concept. Yes, we understand because the the Qur'an and sunnah are are permanently woven together. You cannot have one without the other. So yes, we do find the two and a half percent. We do find the specific numbers and the formula, so on and so forth, from, from our tradition as a whole. But what Allah primarily does in the Qur'an, Allah mentions charity as a concept, zakat as a concept. So here Allah mentions that for some people when it's said to them, give from what Allah has given you. A specific number is not mentioned, a specific amount is not mentioned. But a concept is mentioned, a principle is mentioned. When it's said to them, give something from what Allah has given you. أَنْفِقُوا mimma razaqakum Allah mentions that there's one group Allah mentions that there's one group who they, they, they stubbornly reject Iman they stubbornly reject the truth they dig their heels into the ground in terms of rejecting Allah and his message and his messengers so right off the bat the, the, the reflex of every Muslim is wow I really don't want to be like that because we know better but Allah is mentioning here realities. Allah is not mentioning a claim. Allah is mentioning the reality of these two different groups of people internally. The reality of one group, Those who stubbornly reject Iman. Say to those who willingly embrace and accept Iman. And they love Allah and His message and His messengers. One group says to the other, Should we feed those who if Allah wanted, He would have fed them? So they double down on their understanding. They double down on their misunderstanding as it relates to life. They think that what they have is because of them. They've completely removed Allah from the picture. Why should I give anything to help people? If Allah wanted, He would have helped them. So you find them shirking responsibility. Don't, don't, don't come to me. Don't ask me for any help with anything. If Allah wanted to, he would do that. But what does Allah say at the end of the ayah? And this is very powerful because it can be understood in different ways. In antum One understanding of this is that this is a continuation of their statement. Allatheena kafaru to allatheena amanu. They say, "Should we feed those who, if Allah wanted, He would have fed them?" You guys are, are you guys are completely lost. That's one understanding. So the 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 end quote is at the end of the ayah. Another understanding is they say what they say. End quote. They say, "Should we feed those who, if Allah wanted, He would have fed them?" End quote. And then Allah is saying regarding these people in antum illa fi mubin. You guys have completely lost the plot. You guys are so far off in your understanding. This ayah is just a small example. How is my heart affected by this ayah? There's the information. There's the knowledge. When was the last time I was going through this surah or the Quran? And I came across an ayah, either this one or one like it, calling to any positive action item. I'm just highlighting sadaqah, charity, giving. Because that's the primary way that, that the 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 Sahaba themselves described the Prophet ﷺ in, in connection with Ramadan, deepening his relationship even more so with the Qur'an. He became more generous. Okay, the information is there. The knowledge is there. But how am I turning that knowledge into action? How am I being positively transformed by the knowledge Allah has given me? How am I becoming a better person first? You have to be, the Prophet ﷺ was a sadiq al-ameen before he was Nabi and Rasul. We have to be good people first, just basic human ethics, foundational morals. And then we build on top of that as far as our connection with revelation. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati a'ma yasifun wa salamun <laughs> al mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil alamin was salatu wassalamu ala rasullahu ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in inna allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya ayyuhaladheena amanu wa sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The action item that I want to conclude with for myself and for everybody here from now let's take a step back and reflect and think How am I using my ears to bring me closer to Allah? How am I using my ears in connection with the Qur'an? How am I using my eyes to bring me closer to Allah? How am I using my eyes to connect with the Qur'an? How am I using my heart, my intellect, the intelligence that God has given me to come closer to Allah and to come closer to the Qur'an? Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has... Their, their, their own space, their own place As it relates to that path of coming closer to Allah We're not all exactly the same Nor are we supposed to be exactly the same What makes a canvas beautiful What makes art beautiful Is the diversity in color and the different strokes And that's what makes it beautiful We're, it's not, we're not all supposed to be uniform And exactly the same in every way No, God made us different intentionally So how can I use, how can we use the gifts that Allah has given us uniquely to bring us closer to Him? Allah highlights these three things, but it doesn't stop there, it starts there. How am I using my health, my time, my wealth, etc.? My education, my job, my skills, whatever it may be to bring me closer to Allah. Little by little by little in practical, realistic ways. That's the goal. So I want to encourage all of us here from now, we can't wait until the first day, the first night of Ramadan, and then say, okay, let's make all these changes. No, we need to... Take steps from now. We ask Allah to help us to take steps from now. We ask Allah to help us to use the blessings he's given us in ways to bring us closer to him, not in ways that drag us further and further away from him. We ask Allah for that perfect balance between hope and fear as we're taught by Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam in the Quran when he asks Allah, رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ We ask Allah to give us that paradigm. We ask Allah to accept any good that we've done for his sake. And we ask Allah to overlook any and all of our shortcomings and mistakes that we've made. We ask Allah to forgive us. We ask Allah to increase us in love for him, for his message, for his messenger, for his messengers as a whole. We ask Allah to help us to deepen our relationship and connection with the Qur'an. We ask Allah for guidance. We ask Allah for forgiveness. We ask Allah to protect our youth always. We ask Allah to keep them on the straight path and to help us to do what we can. To help keep them on the straight path It takes a village May Allah help us to do our part as best we can <speaking in Hebrew> Anyone here struggling with any challenge We ask Allah to turn that hardship into ease Anyone going through any difficulty We ask Allah to make that difficulty easy for them رَبِّ رَبَّنَا رَبَّنَا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعفو عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة
1: الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله Muhammad لا إله إلا الله.
2: بسم الله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم Surah <صراط> الذين أنعمت عليهم غير من the عليهم ولا الضال فقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عليتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو <تصفيق> <تصفيق> عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم الله اكبر <سمع> الله لمن حمده الله أكبر. Allahu A lot akbar. Allah akbar. Allah akbar.